All right, welcome back to another episode of Become a Calm Mama. I am Darlene Childress, and I am the host of this podcast. And I talk a lot about parenting in here, right? Because it's a parenting podcast. But one of the things that I teach you in that one of the major concepts that I try to help you understand is that misbehavior is not an emergency, right? And the reason I teach that to you is because I really want you to get to a place where your child is misbehaving and you don't feel activated by that misbehavior. That's obviously the idyllic goal. You're a human being. You're going to have thoughts and feelings about your circumstances because that's just what it is. But when you're thinking that misbehavior is an emergency, then your stress response is going to get activated and you're going to want to deal with it right away because your brain is going to convince you that you're not safe until you get rid of this behavior. So if you're thinking that it's not an emergency, then you're going to be able to calm yourself down and not be so reactive. Now, that's what I call delaying, delaying the conversation, delaying the consequence, you're giving yourself time to reset your stress response and not be so reactive. When you react to the behavior from that like heightened emergency stress response place, it is going to make it harder for you to either A, show compassion for your kid and help them narrate and name their feelings and help them learn new strategies so they don't misbehave in the first place. And it's going to also make it harder for you to think clearly so that you can set limits or follow through with consequences that actually make sense. What happens when we're in that heightened stress response is that we end up going to threats or bribes in order to get our kid to behave and change their behavior right then and there. So delaying is really good. It's really helpful. But here's the thing is that In that process, your kid is misbehaving and they're not receiving a conversation with you or a correction or, you know, a consequence for a bit of time. There is time in between their behavior and experiencing the consequence. So in the middle of that time, your mind is going to tell you they're getting away with it. And it is going to feel really terrible for you because you're like, it's almost like the justice thing or the fear that like, you know, they're not going to learn from their mistakes or they're, they've got to experience the impact right now, or they're going to forget, or they're not going to, you know, um, it's not going to matter later, whatever your, that instinct, that mindset of they're getting away with it is going to make it really hard for you to delay. So not only is it hard to delay because of our stress response, right? Because our natural reaction to a stressful circumstance is go into fight, flight, freeze, or faint or fawn, right? So we get activated and, you know, maybe we respond with those threats or that, you know, the bribes or however we show up or that anger, that aggression, the shaming, the criticizing, whatever that behavior is that we do. I'm I'm teaching you not to do that. That's what it means to become calm, but it gets, that's already hard. (laughs) Okay. Like it's like stopping a train that's already left the station. You're like trying to pull, pull that train back. Like, you know, put the brakes on. That's what you're learning 
how to put the brakes on your brain. Now, not only do you have your biology that's you're fighting against, but you also have this uh, social pressure that we've all grown up with. Like kids have to get caught in order to learn that they have to be given the consequence right then and there. It's like this Pavlovian thing that Pavlov's dogs, right? You know, that we have to like ring the bell and give them the food right then and there. And it's actually just not true that your children won't learn unless they learn it in the moment. The opposite is in fact true. That your kid can't learn something new when they are in a heightened emotional state. And the reason for that is because they are responding from parts of their brain that don't require what we call executive function, that they're, they're working from the lower parts of the brain, the primal part and the limbic center, and they're in their stress response or they're in their activated, it's not always stress for kids. It's also just like they're in the moment, right? They're just like so present in playing or so present in you know, their experience that they don't want to go brush their teeth. They don't want to go to bed. They don't want to put their shoes on. They don't want to go to school. All those things sound hard. And so then they, you know, they do all of their delaying and their resistance strategies and all their misbehavior comes up. And if you're trying to teach them in that moment, when they are not in their thinking brain, it is going to be really, it's it's impossible actually for them to learn especially if they're in an activated stress response, if they're in what I call a big feeling cycle. Some of you call them meltdowns and temper tantrums and freakouts and all of that, right? So if your child is in one of those, they're definitely not going to be able to learn something. Now, what misbehavior shows us, I'm going fast, so sorry. (laughs) Um, But What misbehavior shows us, right, if we look at it from a neutral perspective, instead of taking it personally or making it mean something about ourselves and our parenting or our kid and their character, if we just look at their behavior, we can think of it as like, oh, what skill is, is missing here? Like if your child is missing the skill of delayed gratification, delaying their gratification, then they're going to... act more impulsively. And sometimes that might look rude, like rude. So we're going to look at their behavior and say like, oh, is this a, is this a skill that's missing? And when you are neutral and you can take a, a perspective of the behavior without getting involved right away, you'll be able to start seeing patterns. Oh, my child consistently isn't able to soothe themselves when they're going to bed. Oh, my child is, um, you know, drags their feet whenever they're going to go to preschool or to kindergarten or to, you know, wherever, I wonder if they're having some big feelings about school and then you can coach them through those feelings. So delaying is so valuable because it helps us get some perspective and helps us see patterns and see what skills or or, um, what gaps our kids might be having. All right. So I want to give an example of this in real time. This is a story, I call it the popcorn story, and it actually happened to one of my clients. So she was going to do a family movie night. It's two kids and a mom and a dad. And 
she has one bag of microwave popcorn and it's, you know, it's like whatever family size popcorn, but it's only one bag. So everyone has to share that one bag. And, you know, it's like movie night and, you know, she's a really cute, (coughs) cute mom. So she like makes the popcorn and, you know, gets everybody snuggled and, and then separates the popcorn into three bowls. And she says to her kids, listen, this bowl is mine and I'm going to eat my own bowl. I don't want to share bowls with you and I don't want you to eat any of my popcorn. So she sets a pretty clear boundary, right? The movie starts and her youngest kid, right? Like digs into the popcorn, his, and he's like, you know, and runs out (laughs) and he immediately goes to mom's bowl and starts to eat her popcorn. I'm sure you can kind of picture this happening, right? Like your kid finishes theirs and then they just feel entitled to take yours. So mom gets mad, which is absolutely fine. She gets to have her feelings, but she goes in and she starts to lecture her son in that moment. Don't do that. That's my popcorn. That's very disrespectful. That's rude. I told you that we weren't sharing, right? She kind of goes into like this lecture mode. Well, then her son doesn't know how to handle the criticism. He didn't know how to delay his gratification in the first place, right? Control his impulse. So he starts digging into mom's bowl. Probably had forgotten that he wasn't entitled to it. Kids think they're entitled to our stuff all the time. And so he's in his headspace. Now he's getting criticized and he gets, goes berserk. So he starts like getting kind of physical, right? He throws the remote, like, you know, they pause the movie. He, th- they throw, he throws the remote. And so mom and dad are like, okay, that's enough. Go to your room. Now, <laughs> I'm sure you can relate to this moment. I'm sure you've had this where you're like, my kid ruins everything. I, I mean, if your kid's listening, sorry, you guys don't ruin anything. But if, if there's this feeling right? Like, uh, you know, I'm going to create this family special time. Like we're going to do this thing. And then they have their feelings and like kids act out in the middle of it. And we get upset. Right. And then we sort of, because we're mad, we sort of like dump right on top of them, all of our thoughts and feelings about their behavior. And all of a sudden it turns into a shit show. Right. So What I wanted to talk, why I wanted to talk about the popcorn story. I have a lot of different ways that I talk about this story. But for today, I want to help you understand that I want you to think about this mama in the kitchen, making that popcorn, getting the movie ready, getting the blankets, turning on this like classic kid film she'd always wanted to watch with her kids. And how what she wanted was the feeling of that cozy moment, right? She wasn't all about the popcorn, actually. She was all about the movie and the warm family experience. The popcorn was just a bonus. It wasn't the actual event. But then when her son took her kid, her popcorn, she almost lost her own vision for the night. She like let his behavior get in the way because 
She looked at that behavior and thought, I got to do something about that. That's not respectful. That's not right. Right? She wanted to um, discipline him in the moment. She got distracted by the popcorn and his behavior around the popcorn instead of being committed and staying to the thing that she wanted, which was the cozy movie experience. Okay. You are probably thinking, wait a second. How can you just allow her kid to steal her pop- her popcorn? That's not nice. That's wrong. I hear you. But here's the thing. You, in that moment, she had to make a choice. Am I going to teach this popcorn lesson or am I going to be able to sit on the couch with these kids? Now, if she had just like let the popcorn go or said something quiet like, oh, I'm noticing that you're eating all of my popcorn. Um, I'll have to do something about that later, right? Delaying the consequence by saying, huh, I'm going to have to do something about that, but not now because we're watching the movie. You can say that to your children. You can say, oh, this behavior doesn't work, but I'm not going to do something about it right now because we're doing this instead. Like, you don't have to interrupt the fun or interrupt the, the momentum of the morning or the momentum of the, d- the bedtime routine. You don't have to address every behavior in the moment. But you do, but when you do um, delay, your brain is going to tell you, I'm letting them get away with it. And so you can say, I'm not going to let you get away with this. I'm going to talk about this with you later. Because if you look at what happened here in the moment, the, the mom, she wasn't really prepared to teach the don't take my popcorn and respect personal property lesson, right? That's not, that's not where her headspace was. That wasn't the mom in the kitchen was not thinking, oh, I can't wait to do a teachable moment about my personal property and, you know, sharing or whatever, or not sharing. She was actually ready for a quiet two hours with her kids but her brain got stuck in that old pattern, that reactive pattern. She reacted to her kid's behavior from that place of anger and frustration, annoyance and disconnection. But here's the thing. What was the actual result of those actions? She didn't get the movie night, right? And she missed the opportunity to make that plan to delay that consequence and talk about respecting her bowl of popcorn later right? Like we, when we stay calm and we don't do a consequence in the moment, like, you know, you know, we'll go to your room or I'm taking away your iPad right now. You know, I mean, I've done this before. This, this, this mom is like an example of all of us, right? So the, it's super, super common. This like, I do it, you do it, we all do it. But I really want you to see that if she had just been like, huh, he is totally ripping my popcorn off. And I'm going to do something about this, but not now because I want to watch this movie in peace. If she was able to delay that consequence or delay that conversation, then she can move the moment along, still get what she wants and still use it as a, a teachable opportunity later. So how do you do, how do you get clear? Like, how do you do this? Right. I want you to think about like, do I have the capacity to manage a consequence right now? Like, am I calm enough? Have I done connection yet? Do I have enough time to deal with the big feeling cycle that's going to come when they get their consequence? Like, 
doing a consequence on your time, on your terms, in, in, a, in a place where you want to do it, that has a lot of, that's where a lot of peace comes from a family, where you kind of uh, it have a lot of influence, a lot of agency, a lot of power over how things go. But it means being able to delay your reaction and delay the consequence and your brain is going to tell you they're getting away with it. And I want you to know that you, they're not getting away with it in the long term. So even if you dealt with it in the moment, if they're activated, you're not going to, they're, you're going to like consequence them. And all they're going to do is either blame themselves or blame you. They're not actually going to be doing any thinking. They're not going to actually be taking any personal responsibility. That's why we want to wait until there's a little bit of space and time from when they did the thing, the, the behavior to when they have the um, conversation about that behavior. Because in that time, you're neutral, you approach it calmly. And then also they're not in that, they're not in the emotion of it. So that's why we delay, but your brain is going to tell you, uh Oh, they're getting away with it. So one question that might come up is you might be thinking like, okay, what, what if they're hurting someone? Like what if they're actually doing something that causes harm? Yeah, no. Okay. We're not going to let people hit people and be like, I'm going to delay the consequence. Like in your family, everybody stays safe. You are the leader. You are responsible. You have the re responsibility to protect everybody. Not everything, okay? Things are not as important as people. I know it feels sometimes like, you know, if your kid has the remote and they're about to throw it at the TV, like I want you to be able to like walk over and say, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh, uh, 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 uh. I'm going to take this. Or you can be strong. You'd be like, I'm going to hold on to this remote. Everything stays safe in this house and use that strong voice and, and, and intercept the moment to prevent uh, hurt, hurt for somebody, or if you can protect property, great. But what this happened was like, I don't know, the kid like threw the remote on the floor and then the mom consequence and said, so go to your room. Now, how would you have handled that in the moment? You would have said, listen, well, probably you would have just said before, right when the popcorn thing happened, instead of doing the lecture, you'd say, I see that you're taking my popcorn. Sometimes I say to my kids, like, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> because they know that most likely there will be a consequence later. So um, I'll say, are you sure? Are you okay? Like, what, you need to take my popcorn or whatever. Um, and, or just like, I see you're taking my popcorn, Okay, I, I did say, don't do it. You're doing it. I'm making a note. Those, you can just almost like, like a mark in time, like just point out like, okay, this is what you're doing right now. And I love to ask them, do you want to keep doing this? Let them correct themselves, right? Build that awareness. If they do, great. If they don't, it's fine too. And you just be like, I'll do something about this later. Not in a threatening, mean way, not trying to control them, just a mark in time, like making a note. When my kids were little, I had to say that a lot because when they were up to shenanigans, like either like a bit messy or fighting or, you know, 
being really chaotic and I couldn't even figure out what was happening and I didn't know who was the problem and like what, like it's like a mess and they're yelling or crying and, you know, dinner's like on the stovetop and I just, you know, I'm so overwhelmed. I would just look at them and I'd say, I'm going to do something about all of this, but not now because I'm cooking dinner. And I would say it like that way, very strong and slightly snarky because I couldn't manage my emotions completely then. So I would say, I also sometimes like you can't see me because it's a podcast, but I would take my hands and I'd be like, I'm going to do something about all of this. And I'd wave my hands all around wherever the chaos was. And I'd say, but not now because it's bedtime. I'm going to do something about all this, but not now because it's time to go to school. I'm going to do something about all this, but not now because I'm too upset. I'm going to do something about all this, but not now because I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Okay. So if they are actually in the act of hurting someone and they're being, um, you know, or about to damage somebody or, or something, not someone, or they're hurting someone, I want you to go in and do that hard no. And I teach the whole thing, the hard no in episode 12. So it's called when your child is aggressive. I encourage you to go back to that episode and listen to it because I teach you exactly how to intervene when someone's getting hurt. So if no one's getting hurt, you also can just say like, "Mm, I'm going to do something about this later, but not now. Now, the question, right? Are, aren't they getting away with it? I'm going to pose, I'm going to put that question on you. I want to ask you, are you letting your kids get away with stuff? Because the difference between delaying a consequence and avoiding a consequence is that with delay, you actually go back and revisit the incident and follow through with the correction conversation, which I, you know, I teach in the earlier episodes on correct. So Going back and actually talking about the behavior, talking about why it didn't work, using coaching, um, coaching tools like the connection tool, saying like, it makes sense that you would want to take my popcorn. I get it, honey. And it doesn't work. That was mine and you took it. So how are you going to make that up to me? How would you like to make this right? And then brainstorming together how, how they can repair but doing it after. Now, a lot of parents, we just avoid it, right? We don't follow up. We sort of do this threat thing in the middle and we kind of say like, I'm going to do something about that or like, that's not nice or don't do that. Actually, we just command them or we're like, you better stop it or I'm not, you know, you know, iPad tomorrow. We're just using the threat of the consequence to get our kids to comply, which everyone calls listening but it's really compliance. And like the threat is this short-term form of manipulation where you're trying to activate fear inside of your kid in order to motivate them to listen to you because you want, you need their compliance. But if you are not needing their compliance, if you know you can just deal with it later and that there's going to be a consequence later, it can help you calm yourself. If you keep doing threats or you keep doing bribes, and you don't go back and follow up on those, your children are not going to listen to you. They're going to, it's not going to be effective. They're going to stop believing that what you say is true. Like, oh yeah, you say you're going to like do something, but you're not. 
do not judge yourself. I, this is so common because this is why it's common is because parenting is fucking exhausting. <laughs> There's too many things going on all the time and it's too difficult to like always revisit everything. There's just a lot. That's why I teach this thing called restitution Saturday or restitution Sunday where it's like because of all the things this week, you two, like with my kids, I'd be like the two of you owe me one hour of chores. Here is a list get to it. <laughs> and I would just like tabula rasa, like keep the slate clean from that moment. But they did know like, oh, I have to do all this before we can like go to the birthday party or go to the park or, you know, do the Halloween decorations or like make Play-Doh or whatever the thing is that day. So following up is very, very important. And I know you don't do it because it's tiring but if you have simple ways to, well, that's why we mark the moment where we're like really kind of pinpoint, like you see this behavior, this one right here, the one where you took my popcorn, that one, I'm going to do something about that. Kind of jogs your memory too. Now, when you have a lot of this behavior going on, you might make notes, um, but you know, you don't have to, you can just be like, you know, all the things that happened this week, you know, um, and revisit. The point here is that you revisit. That is the point. So like I said, delaying is a way that calms us in the moment. If we are able to say like, I'm going to do something about this either to ourselves quietly or aloud to the children, then it will calm our nervous system. We will be able to, to get over that thought. They're getting away with it. It's like, Maybe you need to be like, well, they're getting away with it for now, <laughs> like in your own mind. So like I said, I used to say a lot, I'm going to do something about this. And when they, when I was first practicing calm, not because of their age, but because of my own emotional regulation, I had to say it out loud. I had to like say out loud, I am going to do something about this, but not now. Now I can think it in my mind. The thinking that helps me stay calm, it's like a, a hack. It's like a stress response hack. It's teaching yourself this is an emergency. It's also teaching yourself, I've got this. I'll figure this out. It's not a problem. I use this still all the time. Like if they're late for curfew, my kids, if they have bad grades, if they're, if I notice an undone chore, if I hear swearing, like, you know, raging at the computer when they're playing video games, um, if they forget or lose something, if they're rude, if I find out about sneaky sweets or sneaky screens, if I get a text from another mom about their behavior, if they're arguing, I calm myself by saying, I'm going to do something about this. And then I actually follow through and do something. And because my kids have a history of me following through and them experiencing the impacts of their behavior, I don't have to say much. I can just kind of look at them and be like, are you sure you want to do that? And they're like, okay, no, it's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's fine. But it's not like, I'm sorry. I'm afraid. It's like, I'm sorry. I lost, I lost myself for a second there. And they are able to check back in. This is not because they're teenagers. This has been going on for years and years and years. Even at like five or six, I could say, are you sure? And they, oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Or if I said, I'm going to do something about this. Okay, I'm going to do it. Oh, I wanted to say 
sometimes some kids get a lot of anxiety when you say, I'm going to do something about this. So if that's the case, don't say it out loud. You just have to learn to like calm yourself without saying it out loud because then they'll start to be like, what, what, what's going to be the consequence? And then you have a whole nother thing that you're trying to set a limit around. So the takeaway from this podcast episode is it's okay for your kids to get away with it for a short time, that it's okay to delay a consequence, that you don't need to respond to every behavior or really most behaviors in the moment. Misbehavior is not an emergency. The more you learn to delay, to pause and delay, that's the whole pause break, pause, delay, reset, then you're going to be able to handle all the situations that come up with way more calm. When I say I want you to feel like not stressed by misbehavior, this is what I'm talking about. It's like maybe feelings come up, but you're able to move through them quickly. And one of the tools is delay. Delaying the consequence, delaying the conversation, delaying your interaction, giving yourself the gift of time. I always say you, have, you always have permission to pause. And this is another example of that. All right. I hope you have loved this episode. And um, what do I want to tell you? Oh, I want to tell you that on March 8th, I am hosting a, a little workshop called the Emotional Health Checkup. So you know how you go to the doctor and you get a checkup and they do these screenings and they kind of screen your kids to see like all the benchmarks. We're going to do that as an emotional health checkup. So I have a screening sheet that you are, I'm going to give to you and that you're going to go through the checklist and see where your family is falling in your emotional health journey. And it'll be self self-evaluation. You don't have to like tell me where you're at, but it'll be a really cool um, event. I'm going to walk you through the five, you know, core traits of a healthy kid or a healthy family. And then you're going to be able to see where you're at with that. So that's free. It's March 8th. Um, I believe it's at 9 a.m. Pacific and um, you can register directly on my website. I think I'm not sure, but look in the show notes and um, if you're not sure, find me on Instagram at Darlin Childress. Message me. I'll tell you how to register. Um, you really need to be on my email list to register, actually. I think that's what it is. It's like you get an email and then you click on that and then it sends you to the Zoom register. But I'll put it on IG and I will put it in the list here. Um, so it's March 8th, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, the emotional, e- emotional health checklist. All right, everybody, I hope you have a fantastic week and I will see you next time. Don't forget, you always have permission to delay.